God's gift was not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. Absolutely beautiful line from scripture. So the spirit, therefore, that you have been given is not a spirit of timidity, because you have received the Holy Spirit. So the spirit that you have been given is not a spirit of timidity. The enemy is very good at convincing us or suggesting to us that our faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, or uh, Catholic teaching in general, it basically makes us weak. It makes you a kind of a pansy. It makes you a kind of a softy. Uh, it means you have to be everyone's doormat. Uh, it means you have to look kind of ridiculous in the public sphere. Uh, it means overall oh, well, yeah, you're not out of any fun because it's probably sinful. Uh, so the, the enemy is very good at, at, at this suggesting, this kind of, uh, you know, a drop of iodine in the, in the water, just one little drop makes the whole thing look muddy. He's very, very good at dropping in these little, little, little lies into how we see our faith and our relationship with the Lord and the church in general and so on. That because of God, because of our faith, because of the Holy Spirit, because of whatever we have received from him, somehow we're missing out. We're losing out because we follow the Lord. Everybody else is clearly having more fun than us. Everybody else is clearly richer than us. Everybody else is clearly living the life, but because of our faith, we're repressed and we're downtrodden and poor me, throw me a pity party, here's my little violin, off we go. Okay, so, and it's, it's, a, it's a big dose of lies, <laughs> like, it's not true. It's not true that because we follow the Lord we have to be everybody's doormat. We do not. We do not. We stand for the truth. I mean, have you ever been to a pro-life rally, a pro-life march? That's not being, we're not being aggressive or anything, but like, we're standing for the rights of the unborn, and they can't really stand for themselves, so we better do it for them. So we're standing up in the public sphere against a majority, probably. Yeah, well, according to the referendum, absolutely, against a majority. So is that, is that being timid? No. No, it's not. Uh, there's a growing culture of Catholic young people who are extraordinarily brave when they post a, a God post on, on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or whatever they, whatever they post on these days. I kind of, I consider, I, I kind of tapped out at about Facebook. I didn't really get onto Facebook, so I'm actually two or three social media things behind. So I don't really know how it works, but anyway. Uh, bottom line, these young people who, who, who post these things online knowing that there, there's going to be some pushback. Not everyone's going to like this. But they do it anyway. Is that a spirit of timidity? No. No, no. That's a spirit of love. Now, when, for lads especially, when we watch cartoons, there's a lot of cartoons aimed, sometimes maybe more, more at lads, back in the day at least, where uh, something like maybe Iron Man, where he gets a suit and that makes him powerful, or Captain America, who takes a soldier serum, which turn, makes him all powerful, or there was... Um, Dungeons and Dragons, there was another fellow who used to have the power of ten tigers and all this kind of thing. Okay, and so you take some sort of serum or suit or something and it makes you powerful. And with that power, you can go beat people up. Great. 
And so that was like kind of, as a child, that was fantastic. Because this thing, it made you powerful. But the way the power was used was you know, to, to, to dominate. Now, it wasn't always bad in the sense that sometimes it was to beat up the bad guys. Okay. But ultimately, it's still a kind of a, kind of a violent power. It's still a kind of a, a power where I will force others to submit to me. Maybe they're bad guys, so that's okay-ish. Um, okay, morally, oh, we won't go into it. Um, but point being, at least they were trying to work for good, okay? Great. So is that what the Holy Spirit does then? So the Holy Spirit comes upon us and turns us into superhumans that we can just take on our enemies and smack them. No. <laughs> That's not it. Like So, so again, the, the, the way... When we, when we hear these things, when we hear these, these, these words, again, the enemy is very good at just kind of tempting us away from the truth, just kind of luring us away from the deeper meaning of these things. The, the power that we're given in the Holy Spirit, what is that power? What is it? It can be numerous things. There isn't only one answer here. I'm just interested in what you think, because you're all holy. Power. Hmm? Courage. Courage. So, okay, good, yeah. Love, I think, is the, that's, that's the next one in the list. So maybe he doesn't mean that, even though that's, that is what I would have said as well, that the, the, the main power of the Spirit is love. But then he mentions love in the next one. So what else? Courage, love. Discernment of spirits, yeah. Some fortitude. Fortitude, yeah, yeah. Okay, all the, all the cardinal virtues, yep. Faith. Faith, mm-hmm. Absolutely. None of those answers are wrong. Uh, the, the, the power of the Spirit is what? Well, I think it's, it's kind of all of those things. But it's, it's, not, it's not a power that leads us to, to dominate, is the point. It's not a power that leads us to control. It's not a power that leads us to be kind of, of course it's not physically more powerful than your enemies or that, that sort of thing. That's not what it's about. It's, it, it, it's a, the power to be all that we were called to be. To, the power to be like God. So the Lord wants us to share in his nature. So he wants to share all of his grace with us. So whatever grace we need at the time, whatever virtue it is, that's, that's the, the power of God working in us. So that it's, that's the kind of power we have. And sometimes the power then is the power to be humble. The power to recognize that now is the time to keep your trap shut. The power of trap shutting. <laughs> the power of silence, you know. Which then the next one on the list is the power of a spirit of love. A spirit of power, a spirit of love. Now this is, this is in the center. This is, this is key. This is key. Because no matter what, what virtues we have or what abilities we have, if, if they're not covered in love, if they're not motivated by love, if they're not oriented towards love, uh, we're going to get in the way. We're going to get in the way of God's plan. And chances are, if we don't put love in the center, we're going to put ourselves there. So we'll become in some way self-seeking. So, so the spirit that we have been given is a power, is a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and then there's this lovely one thrown in at the end, which seems to come out of nowhere. A spirit of self-control. It's an interesting one to put there. Why put that there? Spirit of power, a spirit of love, um, a spirit of, you know, preaching, teaching, any virtue. But the one that he puts in there, the one that he lists, is self-control. Interesting. It wouldn't be the first one I would have thought. Granted, I'm not the inspired writer of, of sacred scripture, but um, it's, a, it's an unusual... Why, why is that one there? Why is that one there? Ye all of ye holy people. <laughs> to die to self. For what reason? Yeah. I think self-control, what self-control 
allows us to do is recognize multiple goods. You know, so like eating is good and fasting is good and sleeping is good. All these things are good, but to choose the greatest good. Because Satan isn't stupid enough to, to tempt us to do good or maybe something bad. Bad is too obvious. Less good is way more subtle. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, all of you, you go to, if you go to prayer meetings, like Satan isn't going to suddenly say to you, do you know what you should do? Become a Satanist. You get to sacrifice cats. You, like, oh, that's disgusting. You're rotten. You're kidding me. Do you know, that's too obvious. So he's not going to tempt you to be a Satanist. Um, and he probably wouldn't tell you to, to, to stop going to Mass, to stop going to Mass. But he might say, look, you've had a hard week. Just you know, go for the later Mass. Look, I mean, if you, if you don't get the later Mass, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you've worked hard, and you got Mass on Tuesday. You got Mass on Tuesday. Nearest makes no difference. Like, I mean, all things are present in God, you know what I mean? So, got Mass on Tuesday, got Mass on Sunday. What's the difference? So, like, subtle kind of, subtle temptations. So, self-control is recognizing, yes, sleeping in on a Sunday is a good thing. We need sleep. It makes us happy. Especially me. Uh, sleep makes me happy. <laughs> so, we sleep, makes us happy. But then there's a greater good, which is, well, doing what the Lord asked. Worshipping God as he asked to be worshipped. Do this in memory of me. Coming to the, to the Lord's table. Gathering as a family around the altar. Doing what he asked us to do. So, so self-control allows us to, to, to recognize multiple goods, but choose the greatest good, to decide on the greatest good, which sometimes means a no to the other options. That's how choices work. That's why uh, a lot of young people today are just paralyzed by choice, because yes to this means no to these other things, and they have this terrible fear of missing out. So they want to say yes to them all, which means yes to nothing, which means there's no time for anything, which means it's all a bit of a hash, really, instead of just choosing and dedicating yourself to, to one thing. For example, marriage. Um, so things are, things are confusing out there for young people. So the spirit that we have been given is the spirit of power, but not in superhero terms, in virtuous terms, a spirit of power, a spirit that allows me to align my heart, my will, to the Lord's. A spirit of power, a spirit of love. If you've ever had the blessing of working or dealing with people who are full of love it's uh, it's a great gift when you're with someone who you know cares and especially if that person sees the worst parts of you, hopefully that is your husband or wife and they see the weakest parts of you, the worst parts of you and they still care not only do they still care but they still love you you know when you're with someone who, who loves you this, 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 I'm not, I don't mean necessarily romantic love now here at all. It can be family, it can be f good friends, uh, whatever it is. When you're with someone who's full of love, there's something so safe or secure about it, isn't there? Yeah. You know, the way you just... Because you, be, you can be your ugly self, and uh, like we said earlier, you can ugly cry and everything, and they'll still be there. They'll just kind of hand you a tissue <laughs> instead of walking away. When you're with a person who's actually full of love, you can actually be you because you don't have to impress them. You can relax. You can just be you. When you're with a person who authentically loves you, you feel good enough. Or at least you should feel good enough. Obviously our own woundedness can get in the way, but, but 
again, this isn't, you don't feel the need to kind of perform to earn their love. Because they're just, like, you know, think of your, maybe a, a granny back in the day or something who was just so, you know, and every time you, you, you're, you're, you walk in as a six-year-old, you've done nothing to earn any affection or love at all. Like, you're, you've done nothing. Probably just dirtied the carpet on the way in kind of thing. And she gives you this big, this big granny hug and these wet kisses. You, you she get the wet kisses as well, right there, right there. Jeepers. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw my granny's teeth outside of her head, <laughs> beside the bed. I nearly died. <laughs> what other parts of her does she keep in, in, in glass jars around the house? Like, <laughs> here's an eyeball. Like, <laughs> but. Uh, but when you're with someone who loves you, you can just you can just be you, you know. So that's what, like, as 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 Christians, this is what we're kind of called to. This is what we're called to be. If I'm a person of love, then a non-Christian, non-practicing sons, daughters, uh, they can be with us, and they know they're loved, even though we know what way they are or aren't living. But but they know we love them. We mightn't agree with what they're doing, but they know we love them. They know we love them. That's, that's a gift from God. This is the spirit that we have been given. It's a spirit of love, spirit of power, spirit of love, and then a spirit of self-control. That in, in all of the, the options that we have in any day, in all the good things that are going on, that we choose the greatest good. Because the spirit that, that we have been given, it's, it's very important to recognize. I know in the charismatic movement, this, this expression that is used sometimes, you know, that we ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Now, I don't want to kind of correct people here, but like, you have already received the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? You have. Uh, and it's like St. Paul tells us much in Romans 5, where he says, we rejoice in our suffering because suffering produces endurance. Right? Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And this hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Past tense, past tense. Holy Spirit has been given to us, especially us, in our day, like where we have very clear sacraments that give us the Holy Spirit. So we have received the Holy Spirit. So we have already received the spirit of power and love and self-control. Already. He's already there. He's already in you. Let him out of the box. <laughs> Let him loose. Open the door. Let him work. Let him work. Let him work. Don't try and control him. Don't try and limit him. It's a bit scary at times because he does ask us to do not, he doesn't ask us to do anything stupid, but he asks us to do things which we'd probably ordinarily prefer not to. Like you know when you're just walking down a street and you might feel this little urging of the spirit saying, you know, go talk to that person, okay? And now I'm in a rush. Jeevers. All right, okay, okay, okay. So. Uh, I, I love talking to randomers. Maybe it's just a personality thing. I, I, I like talking to people I don't know. I think it's great fun. Um, but then like you, I, like you meet people who, who in a very short time, is, maybe, I, I don't know if it's because of the collar. Again, I haven't done this in a long time before a collar, so I don't really know, and I always wear the collar. So but people can open up very quickly. And so some randomer at a bus stop, and before you know it, they've told you that... Their mother's cancer. I remember actually, uh, I was driving from here, no, from Mitchellstown to Dublin, 
and the uh, fuel light in my Toyota Vensus came on as I left Mitchellstown. And I said, typically Irish, big grand. So I stayed going to Newbridge from Mitchellstown. I thought, and then my fuel, the fuel, the range on the car said 11 kilometres. I can do 11 kilometres of what's left in the tank. And I said, grand job. I think I should probably pull over now. So I pulled over, but kind of, again, when you're, when you're at the very, very bottom of your tank, as you exit the motorway, right, you take a, what are they called? Exit slip road. Slip road? <coughs> slip road. Um, they're up a slight hill, which means all the diesel runs to the back of the tank. So as I started to get to the top of the hill, the car started to kind of sh- sh- shutter and shutter and shutter. I thought, oh no, oh no, because the diesel, you have to bleed the diesel, you can't just, uh, I thought, get up the hill, get up the hill, we barely made it up the hill, and then clunk, stopped, bone dry, like, I mean. So uh, I lifted the hood of the car, the bonnet of the car, um, not that, that, just to signal to people that there's some sort of a breakage. And then, then uh, a, lady, a, lady, a lady pulled over, and said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, just out of diesel. Um, and she said, get in and I'll give, bring her down to the shop. So she did, and she told me all about her, her mom, who was very, very ill, uh, dying. And I said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll pray a mass for her. I will, I'll offer a mass for her. And um, yeah, so I took her the details of whatever she wanted me to pray for. Went down to the petrol station, got the jerry can, five litres of diesel, came back up, poured it in. Uh, so thanks a million, off she drove, and then of course the car doesn't, diesels won't start because they're airlocked. Um, so I thought, how do you bleed a Toyota Vensus diesel engine? I've never done I've done that to Massey Ferguson tractors, but never to a Toyota Vensus, and cars are more complicated. I don't know, I don't know how to do this. Then, um, uh, or an Audi, big Audi A4 pulls up and says, you all right? And I says, uh, can you bleed a diesel engine? I said, I ran out of petrol, diesel and I'm after filling her up now, but um, I need to, yeah. Actually, yeah, I used to have one of these. Hold on, there's a bleeding valve here somewhere. And he gets out and bleeds the thing for me. I said, thanks, thanks a million, you're a star. And the car started. And I said, nothing I can do for you. He said, actually, I'm getting married in a week's time. Would you mind praying for, for us, like, in, in the future? I said, no problem at all. So he told me a little about the family. I was late to the airport, but it was, I mean, it was well worth it. <laughs> it was well worth it. Like, just these are, these are the ordinary, ordinary conversations of the day where you can make present, where you can make visible the spirit of power and love and self-control, where you can be the Lord's instrument, where you can bring consolation, where you can bring joy, where you can bring hope, where you can bring a smile. So the power that, that the Lord is talking about, it's a, it's a power that comes from within. It's a deep kind of a power. It's not about manipulating. It's about witnessing to him who is all power. He's him who is the source of all power. And there's, we mentioned earlier in the week here about the, the power of, of, of humility, you know, the power of, of that kind of smallness. Because just last year we had this, this big six foot six guy, Eddie. You might have seen him doing the readings. He'd normally be up around here when himself and yeah, uh, yeah, big guy. Anyway. <laughs> and, like, and then, you know, we have Teresa who's compact and um, and, and, and Danny, who's also similarly compact. Is she taller? Who's taller? Same height. Uh, but like, it, with their little compactness, um, if they were to go over to, 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 to Eddie, just a little soft hand on the arm, and say, Eddie, can you knock down that building? Eddie would say, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so like, the power of that little voice in that little person, but because there's such humility, and because there's such kind of 
graciousness behind it. Like, I remember similarly in my community, when my sisters would ask me like, to cut their grass. So you're in Italy, 36 degrees outside, you're cutting a two-acre field with a pushmower. You know, okay. Because <laughs> they asked. I can't say no, because she's a sister. She's not, you know, she's all holy, like. But it's, it's that kind of, it's that power of, of virtue in them. You know, her, she can motivate me to do that just because she's virtuous. It's that kind of thing, you know, it's just, that's the kind of power we're talking about. It's not about controlling people, but allowing the Lord to work through us. And then he can do far more than we think we're capable of ourselves. And the world needs that kind of consolation. It needs that kind of hope. It needs that kind of joy. It needs God. And therefore God needs you to make him present, to bring him out there. So we ask the Lord today on the feast of St. Timothy and Titus to stir up within us this spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of self-control because it's not a spirit of timidity that he has given us but a spirit that makes us capable of being saints. A spirit that wishes today to renew the church and renew the face of the earth. Lord, may we allow you to work that you can be our all in all. Amen.